0: Thanks to Quip for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Join over 3 million healthy mouths and get Quip today starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash dreamjob right now, you'll get your first refill free. Thanks to Majuri for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Majuri makes handcrafted fine jewelry for every day because you should be able to gift yourself fine jewelry and not need Valentine's Day or some other occasion as a reason. For free shipping on orders over $100, go to majuri.com slash dreamjob. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job and happy Thanksgiving. I hope that wherever you are today, you are being really kind to yourself. I know that Thanksgiving can be a mixed bag, right? There are times where it's great and there are times where it's challenging. You know, I think that it looks one way on Instagram. It looks like everyone's having this perfect holiday. And I just want to be cognizant of the fact that that's really not true all the time for everyone. When I was growing up, Thanksgiving was pretty dark and it was that way for a long time. Um, The holidays just only amplified, you know, some of the loss and pain. and And it's only recently that my husband and I have figured out how to make new traditions and to make things sweet I guess in our own way you know I used to watch movies and see people pull up in these driveways of these Connecticut homes and you see these movies where everyone's gathered around the table and it's warm and there's this big family and that's just not our reality for lots of reasons but we've started doing Friendsgiving does anyone do that and I feel so blessed that I have a lot of chosen family, you know, friends who've really been there to to support me. And we can grow together and share each other's milestones. And that's really, really nice. But um, if you are with family and it's challenging or if it's amazing or if it's somewhere in between, just know that whatever you're feeling, it is so normal. And um, maybe just take care of yourself. You know, maybe think to take like even 14 minutes just for you at some point today to just take a walk around the block or to just take stock of how great of a job you've done getting through this whole year almost. You know, I can honestly say if you're listening to this show... You're a champion. You're a survivor. You're brave and courageous. And I feel so grateful to have met so many of you. And a few days ago, I got to meet so many of you at Romans. That was so nice to see so many of you come out on a Monday night, right before Thanksgiving. The place was completely full and it was so fun to speak. I want to do a lot more of that this year. I want to do a lot more stuff out behind the podcast out in front, um, connecting with you. So I will be adding more dates to book signing events and hopefully doing more speaking in general but that was great. I will actually be doing it this weekend. I'll be flying to Nashville this Sunday. And if any of you live near Nashville or in Nashville, you should come on out because Sunday night I'm doing a free event with my really good friend, Jeff Goins at The Well in Brentwood, and it's free. I will put a link in the show notes. There are a few tickets left. I think there's already over 50 people who grabbed their spot and that'll be fun. Before we dive into today's episode, I just want to say, you know, there's all these Black Friday deals and all of that. But the one thing that you can get from us for free is to go to audible.com slash dream job and go grab my audiobook. Um, I think those of you who like the book or are even thinking of getting the book, I think you'll particularly like the audio version because if you like podcasts, if you like my podcast, I think you'll enjoy the audiobook because I narrated it myself. So go ahead and get yourself a free copy of Don't Keep Your Day Job on Audible. So today's guest has a very special place in my heart. I've been best friends with her for a really long time. And you know sometimes when you know that someone has just so much fire and so much magic and you just know it's a matter of time until the key fits and they find the door and they just walk through And she's always been one of those people that I can go to for the sweetest words to lift me up, to remind me who I am when I'm feeling lost, to give me a sense of meaning when I'm just stuck and caught. She brings me back. She lifts me up. Uh, Her name is Jenny Goldfarb, and I'm so excited that she's here today. And you know, I have a few special, special, incredible friends in my life, but they don't all just get to come on the show. Jenny earned her seat at this show today. Remember last week I had Barbara Corcoran on the program and I had mentioned that my best friend had just gone on Shark Tank and won the whole big prize. And, uh, you're going to hear all about that today. It's pretty spectacular, um, because she didn't even have this business idea a year ago. And then a year later she's, sitting as the owner of a million-dollar company. It's just a pretty amazing thing to show you what's possible. And I think sometimes it's even more inspiring to see someone who's doing it like now and just taking a few steps and someone who's just like you and look what can happen. She is the founder of Mrs. Goldfarb's Farb's Unreal Deli. She sells the most delicious vegan corned beef you'll ever have. And I don't want to give away more details because she's going to share her incredible journey, but I just want to say that watching her take action, watching her get messy, watching her try so many different things, and then accumulating all these opportunities and the success in just one year has been unbelievably magical and I think you're going to love her. She's also somebody who's extremely deep and wise. And at the end of today's episode, I think you'll see why I love her so very much. And I'm so happy that she's here. It seems very fitting that uh, that she's here today. So without further ado, please welcome my very good friend, the extraordinary Jenny Goldfarb. Oh my gosh, you guys. So happy right now because my best friend in the world is sitting here with me. Jenny, thank you for making the time away from the three kids to be on the show right now. My greatest, greatest pleasure. (laughs) I love you so much. Um, Okay, so I mentioned to my audience a week or so ago that you were on this little show called Shark Tank. But before we get there, I wanna bring people back to the start. Take us through what got you on that stage, like up till today.
1: Okay, great. So I went to college. Thought I was a big shot with a bachelor's degree, and realized that I wanted to learn a little bit about my soul before delving into my uh, brain and work life. And so, I actually spent a year living in Jerusalem studying like mystical texts. And I left with what I felt like was some really incredible skills for life to take with me. And so I kind of geared myself up with all of this sort of spiritual bounty. And then I, I hit the mean streets of New York City. I had job after job where I worked for a pharmaceutical firm. And that for sure was someone else's dream. I don't even know whose dream, but someone's. And then, <laughs> I worked for a company my dad had started, and that was totally his dream. And then for a while, I had young kids and didn't have the opportunity to get my own amazing job and So my husband made this documentary film and I was like, I'm going to try and sell it and get it out there. And that was totally his dream. And so there was no time that I was waking up in the morning saying, I'm really pursuing my own passion. And when you spoke those words, it really resonated with me. And about five years ago, I became vegan. I had one little friend on Facebook who started posting videos of the truth of factory farming. So I came to my husband and said, We're gonna be vegetarian. And then he's like, What? And then I said, actually, we're gonna cut out dairy too. And he was like, What the hell? I was like, Oh, and eggs and fit. and he was like, We can try as long as you make it delicious. So I had some fire under my butt to make it really good and almost sort of taste like the real thing. I also had two young kids, and you know, young kids only want mac and cheese and chicken nuggets. So mm-hmm. I had a hustle and there were a lot of really bad meals and nights where my husband was like, "This is not working." And then ultimately the food got <laughs> a little bit better and a little bit better, and every now and then there'd be a meal and we'd be like, "This is amazingly exceptionally delicious." <laughs> and coming off of that, plus your beautiful words of like, "Live your passion, I said, "I want to create a, a food blog and I spent about a year, Uh, my husband helped me by filming it and helping edit it in a cool way. We had our kids on the kitchen countertops. And to be honest, I didn't know how I was going to monetize it. I didn't know what was going to come of it. And I actually think that was like one really important lesson stepping stone, which is like, dig in, you don't know what like the end result is going to be. And just keep going forward. And so each week I was trying to come up with a new, like interesting, exciting vegan rendition of like a classic comfort food to show folks how doable and delicious. It I can be. See. And we created this website called countyourcolors.com. And each week there was a new recipe and the kids were on the countertop and I had to come up with a new recipe for that. And so for this endeavor, I was regularly, you know, thinking of like, what could be, what, how could I challenge myself and show something really exciting to my viewers? And so, uh, of which, by the way, there were like maybe a hundred of them, okay? This was like nowheresville in terms of making money, in terms of really getting out there. So what wound up happening was, I sort of considered all these videos to almost be like my business card into the next thing that I wound up doing because I had to come up with a new recipe each week. And at some point I said to myself, there are a lot of good vegan veggie burgers on the market. Everyone knows about beyond and impossible and Burger King and all the rest, but there was no really good kind of like New York style, salty, savory deli meat. Like I'm talking corned beef and pastrami. So I sought out to recreate that. Now there were some corned beef recipes on the web for vegan corned beef. And, and I used some of those plus real corned beef rubs and spice mixes. And I figured out my own rendition and When I made it, it was actually Hanukkah time, just this past year, like less than a year ago, which is so, I hope this is like the most inspiring little piece to any of this, that like this is all, this whole business is still in its infancy. And uh, so it was Hanukkah time and we had a party and I I said, I've got this all this delicious meat, I'm going to make sandwiches. And so we had a number of friends over and some family who otherwise thought we were eating like crazy hippie vegans. And so when they tasted it and they said, this is so good, I thought to myself, well, maybe this is more than just another recipe that I share. But nonetheless, I knew nothing and I mean nothing about the food business. So I started emailing some people that I knew from the vegan food world saying like, hey, thinking of trying to get this one recipe out there before I go share it on my blog, maybe I'll try and try and create this food and sell it. And so one woman who was actually the assistant of a woman who had interviewed me once here for the cooking show, it's always nice to be nice to the assistants because you never know what they can bring to you. And so the assistant said to me, I want you to meet another vegan cook woman who actually has her food out there in some stores and maybe something will come of it. So I drove to meet her in the rain last year in February now it was, and we meet and we're chatting and she says to me, you know, we have this tiny kitchen here. You could rent it for 25 bucks an hour and start making it. And then you can sell it because you can't sell food from your home to restaurants and stuff. I said, Oh my God, I'm in commerce. This is amazing. Yes, 25 bucks an hour. Let's go sign me up. So I went out there, I bought all the ingredients and I would cook what I thought were big batches. These were 12, two and a half pound logs of the item of this corn beef. And what I did from there was I started cold calling my local delis. I started initially, I'd be like, hi, I'm so-and-so, I've got this great product I wanna share with you. You know, vegetarianism is taking over the world, yada it?" And I soon learned too much talking. All you need to find out is, will you taste the sample? That's it. Finally, I figured out what to say and when to say it. And I would drive all the way across town to bring one little segment of a sandwich to one little deli owner. And a shocking amount of the time, they would say, I'm interested. We have people who want this. How, how do you sell it? And then they would ask me questions like, you do have food liability insurance, right? And just like you listening to this, I had no idea what that was. And so I'd be Googling it under the table at times, and I'd figure out on the job how to kind of put all the little pieces in place. And I started selling it at just a couple of the local delis around town, And of course I didn't, I knew that like as a cute girl, I could sell it to the owner right then maybe, but were there going to (laughs) be, were there going to be reorders when I wasn't there in front of them? That was yet to be known. Right. And sure enough, there were but I said to myself, I really want to get into Whole Foods. That would be just the creme de la creme, but I didn't have any like phone numbers for corporate, and I didn't have any ways of like getting to the tippy top of reaching out to anyone, so I walked into my local shop, and I said, may I please speak with the general manager of the store, and he came out, and he was this big guy, and I had a little sandwich segment, and my three-year-old in my two hands, and I said, would you mind tasting this? I'm, this is my store, and, uh, and I, you know, love Whole Foods, obviously, and it would be my dream to get in here, and would you taste it? And let me know what you think, and He took a bite of it, and he was like, "This is really good. Good flavor profile." I said, "Can I video you saying that?" He's like, "Well, not so much." He goes, "But well, what I will do is I'll give you the phone number to the regional office, but I have to warn you: don't even reach out to them with anything until you have all your ducks lined up. You can manufacture it in a big way, and like, not where I'm making twelve little pieces." Oh my
0: god, it's so good! But I want to rewind because I want people to hear about the trial and error because there were a few parts of the story where you hit a wall. You had tried a couple other businesses. Could you just talk through that about uh, how that felt and how,
1: how you sort of kept going? Well, it felt like a bit of rejection, but nonetheless, you know, I knew just from like knowing people in the world that there was this like huge discovery of this kind of this way of eating food that is alive that people didn't know about. And so I figured that there was going to be some way to get it out there. And, you'd actually recommended to me to try, you know, this challenge, which seemed like an exciting thing. And then it was going to go into a course and then just a few people signed up for it. So it really wasn't like a, a, a big success. And, you know, what I wound up surmising maybe is that people are really busy to cook and like learn. It's so much easier to sort of just make what you know, or even get takeout. And so, for me to be able to contribute something that was ready made into the world seemed like a bigger give than than trying to give over content to teach people how to rewire how to cook.
0: I mean, that's huge. And I wanted people to hear that because it could sound like, oh, it was literally easy street. As soon as she had this idea, then she did this, then she did it and all that stuff. Yeah. But they weren't seeing all these moments that really smart, well-meaning people who I know would have totally been like, oh, I'm done now. And you have this unrelenting spirit and you just have this willingness to do the things that most people would find terrifying. Like so many people would have thought, who am I to start a whole business? I'm not a chef. I didn't go to culinary school. I don't know what I'm doing. Totally. And you were like, that's not stopping me. Yeah. Do, do you ever have a battle with self-doubt or imposter syndrome? And, and if you do, how do you get through it? And if you don't, why don't you?
1: I absolutely do. But I think that the most important part of this is that you don't have the entire roadmap in front of you. You just know where you're going next. And so, yeah. you know, there were points in time, like even now, so I'm starting to work with distributors. So Cisco, which is the largest food distributor in the world, they have all these contracts and ways of working with them. And folks have said to me, you, you're going to probably need a food broker, maybe two food brokers before you're even working with them. I don't even know exactly what a food broker does, a little alone what two food brokers do. And so I don't have that mapped out yet. But not knowing what is next is part of the beauty of this world. Each little, you know, morsel along the way makes things more and more beautiful and comes more and more into focus.
0: Oh, it's so cool. And it's just so cool how like at every step of the way, you really articulated that so well. You'd be like, so they were like, hope you have food liability insurance. You're like, I'm just going to Google right now what that is real fast. And like, you're just like saying, yes, yeah, sure. I'll we'll figure it out. Or you're making three calls to manufacturers. They're not even the right people, but it, it's, it's all exciting. And I remember it was just so cool to watch this whole thing evolve. So then this whole Shark Tank thing okay. comes around. What made you even think to go on Shark Tank? How'd you even have the idea to, to submit an application or anything like that?
1: Yeah, so we live in Los Angeles, which is, you know, just TV heaven. So uh, my husband is actually a TV editor. And actually, it was his idea. He goes, you should get this product on the studio lots." So I was like shopping it, we got it on the Fox lot. And so it's sold our our product to those employees. And so another piece of that whole, you know, TV puzzle is, of course, you should apply to Shark Tank, no question. So I filled in a 30 second web application of just like my name and email and whatever. And uh, this was back in like, March, we had like, really, not much at all going on. But in August, I got a phone call from a woman who was the, one of the casting people. and She said, we're interested in your application here. If you could submit a video, we'll tell you all the things you need to submit. And we'll let you know two weeks later if you made it to the next round. So we were all excited and we got home we made this beautiful video. And uh, I got a phone call the following day. They said two weeks, but it was the next day that they called. And they were like, you're in the next rounds. Amazing. <sighs> so they kept getting to the next and next and next rounds. You have to send in samples at one point. You had to answer your most embarrassing moment ever. You had to, I mean, like anything. You, you also could,
0: had to send in like financials, like what the business was yeah. doing. It, that, that stuff would have intimidated enough people not to even move past that.
1: Yeah, that's right. I had like 10,000 in revenues and I'm filling out this application. Like I'm like a big wig having a serious company. Right. And so so, what happens? Well, at some point they called me up, two of the producers, and they said, we want to give you a tape day and we want to work with you on your pitch and give you a really help you make a, come up with a really nice script and a set design and all the rest. And things started getting very, very exciting. And then we had to figure out how we wanted to position it on Shark Tank because, there were actually these like plant-based investors out there that had already sought interest in, in me and the company. And, uh, and they're willing to give more, but you get all this incredible TV exposure and it's such a cool opportunity that I figured I couldn't pass that up. So I worked for several weeks between the applications and then the actual pitch. And there was a pre-pitch day where they bring you onto the Sony lot. So and then, ha- then, then you go yeah. to tape it. What happens? You were so good. You were so grounded,
0: so warm and yet so dynamic, and it seemed as if you were just like talking to me on a beach, like you were so relaxed wow. and so yourself. Wow. Where,
1: where does that come from? I mean, I think it comes from the fact that, uh, that I, I have this like, my feet are on the ground and my head is a little bit in the clouds in terms of in terms of having all this like spiritual sustenance that I learned when I lived in Jerusalem that I still have this ongoing learning where I'm not necessarily like intimidated by any person. And I also try and find humility in front of all sorts of people, not just billionaires, but everyone. I I try to muster that. And so I look at it like we're all humans and we're all in this kind of crazy, you know, broken place to like fix all of this together, including like, you know, the Mark Cubans of the world. And so, and the Barbara Corcorans of the world. And so I come with a little bit of that and I also knew my answers, and I knew I had an exciting business, and um, I have also seen the way the show goes, and so if you show a little weakness, they're going to jump all over that, so I figured I got to hold my head high, because that's part of the show here, so. So what was it like? The
0: doors, the double doors open, you walk out, and.
1: You walk out, they give you a little place to stand, so basically I gave my pitch, and uh, the pitch was this Combination of New York and and regular accents going on where I'm like, I'm from the mean streets of New York City. I'm a fast-talking, no-nonsense city girl. And I'm here seeking $100,000 for 10% of my business, Unreal Deli. Capiche? So in my mind, I was willing to give up 30% for that $100,000 because I wanted to get on TV, get a shark to partner with. And uh, I give my pitch and then I get a series of questioning that honestly did not even feel difficult. And at one point I was asked, how could you defend this kind of valuation? Uh, you know, I've only had 10,000, 12,000, I think at that point in revenues. So when I was on that stage and I was talking about how there are plant-based investors, vegan type of investors out there that wanted to invest like a half a million for 10% of my business already they said to me why are you going to give it to us for a hundred thousand if someone else wants to give you i'm sorry for ten percent if someone wants to give you five hundred thousand for the ten percent i said because one shark dollar equals five regular dollars and of course that it's true but it also stroked their ego and it felt like their money's five times more valuable than everybody else's and it was a beautiful moment and totally took that
0: one of my favorite moments is that at one point you Tell a little bit of the backstory that your is it your grandfather or great grandfather?
1: Yeah, it was my great grandpa, who I've never had never had the pleasure of meeting. He immigrated from Romania as a teenager without speaking English and without his parents. Like just that. Just let's all sit with that for five seconds because that's what our families did. That's the kind of stuff that happened for us to be able to listen to these podcasts. And I said that on shark tank, that that was how the only way we're on this stage right now, like this is easy street. What we think we're doing is hard work. No, no, that was the hard work. It's so, the- so
0: beautiful. Cause they, they put up a picture of your, um, your great grandfather mm-hmm. and you said, my great grandfather immigrated from Romania and he worked in the delis in the lower east side. Right, and you right. said, so I really feel like this is in my blood. And I don't know why it makes me cry right now. It's just like, God, cause, okay. it's, cause you know why? Cause it like, we all stand on the shoulders of giants and yeah. if it wasn't for this little kid who had the courage to seek a better life away from anti-Semitism, a place where you guys could seek refuge, where he'd build a life for his family. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be here. Right. Mm-hmm. And Mark Cuban says, yeah. My grandfather is also from Romania.
1: Yeah. So, and
0: he looked at you and it was like, we're having a real conversation right now. We just met as two souls, and that was so beautiful. And then, what did you say?
1: Well, what I'd like to say on this, you know, from my spiritual studies. You know, uh, in Judaism, like in many other religions, we believe in reincarnation and that the soul has many journeys into this world to sort of perfect itself. And so when I heard that, that Mark Cuban had family from Romania, and he also happened to mention, although it didn't make it to air, because by the way, you're usually on that stage for like one to two hours and they only show about six or seven minutes. I was on the stage of more like 30, 40 minutes. But anyway, one of the things he said that didn't make it to air, but that was said in the segment there is uh, is that not only was his family in Romania, but they also immigrated to New York City and worked in the Lower East Side deli scene as well. So it made me think from all the spiritual studies that I'd done was like, just maybe my great-great-grandparents, like there was like maybe a favor that had to be done from Romania, that maybe they were hooked up again in the Lower East Side and someone knew someone and someone owed someone a hundred bucks or someone helped someone do something. And then here we are that we get to sort of maybe complete the story and then he gets to help me bring my business to a bigger stage here. That's amazing because yeah. there's so much going on that
0: we know we could just feel there's something going on that's so much bigger than us. There's, yeah. And Julia Cameron said that when she was on the show, she wrote a book called The Artist's Way. And she said, Kathy, I see no distinction between creativity and spirituality. Yes. She said, because when you walk down this path, there's a synchronicity you just can't put your finger on. And it's like the universe conspires with you to help you get there. And I remember you turning to him. He's like, Jenny, my family is from Romania. And when he said that he wasn't Mark Cuban, the billionaire at that point, he was just like this kid Mm. who has this like whole journey, right? It's much bigger than like all these flashy things. And he said it to you with this, like look in his eyes, like my grandparents also, you know, like that's also me. And he just looked at you like this woman, is so real. She's so plugged in. It was so beautiful. So what happens?
1: Yeah. So I got, my first offer was from quote unquote, Mr. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary. And uh, he said, I'll give you um, the hundred thousand dollars, but I want 20%. And as I mentioned, I was willing to give up 30. So in my mind, I'm thinking I just won this. (laughs) And so I said, thank you. And then Mark Cuban goes, I'm going to make this easy. I love it. I recently went vegetarian, which, oh my God. Did you even know that? I didn't know he was Jewish. I didn't know he was vegetarian. I didn't know Romania. Oh my God. In fact, what he said to me was, he goes, you know how I roll, take it or leave it? And he goes, I will also want 20%. Okay, no problem. I was already there. Uh, But I'll give you $250,000. So I said- I guess I was still trying to process for the next couple seconds. So I said, is this right now do or die as I'm like d- downloading all of that. And he goes right now, do or die. And I go, Mark Cuban, you got yourself a deal. And that was, that was the moment. And that was, how did you feel? Murphy, electricity. You? It was it, it, truly the most exhilarating thing I've ever done in my entire life. And, um, gave him a hug. And he said, you know, I'm going to hustle. He's like, I'm also no nonsense. We're going to work hard together. And then, uh, He actually said, Mazel Tov. And uh, and then we walked away. And then I went back to my trailer. Then his head counsel came to the trailer and we exchanged business cards. We spoke for a couple minutes and then began a process of a two-month-long due diligence process. And so we just finished due diligence. And now I email with Mark Cuban on the regular, which is insane for me to even say those words out loud. And tell everybody what happened with Quiznos. Oh, yeah. So let's say you want to get into Quiznos, and you say, or anywhere, anthropology, anything, you type in the name of the company, and then you type in corporate executive team, okay? Suddenly, you're looking at a page of all the people who are like the CEO, the founder, the CFO, like the biggest wigs, okay? If one of those big wigs think what you say is just a speck of interest, and they pass it on to someone below them that person below takes you super seriously. So how do you get into those people? Because those email addresses are nowhere to be found on that page. So this may sound obvious, but I feel like people just don't automatically think of it. If you look at Kathy Heller, executive whomever of Don't Keep Your Day Job, there are only a handful of possibilities for what her email address is going to be. But if you have a little patience and you sort of go piece by piece, you can get to people. And so that's how I got into Quiznos. And when I reached out, you know, I I just tried to quickly tell my story and just like, you know, the big question is, can I send samples? You know, if you're making candles, like, can I ship you a candle? If you're whatever you're doing, it's like, can I share one of these with you? And usually people like everyone wants a beautiful smelling candle. And
0: by the way, I love that. I love that. I wish I could take a highlighter and circle it because I think a lot of people miss that in their minds. So they think they have to send an email and somehow secure the sale in this email before the person knows who they are or what it is that they're doing or has had any experience with. You're like, I'm just trying to get, this person to try it. That's it. The story is so good. But before we go on, let's just thank today's sponsor. Majuri is the fine jewelry company that's finally changing the narrative around fine jewelry. Women want high quality fine jewelry without needing a special occasion or reason to wear it. Majuri's handcrafted fine jewelry is meant for your everyday. You deserve to gift yourself fine jewelry like their beaded ring and engravable necklace, both 14 karat gold. Go to Majuri.com and check out the pieces. It's not look what someone bought for me, but look what I bought for myself, whether that's timeless and under stated or fun statement pieces. They've removed traditional markups. And what's really cool is that you can see how they price each item compared to estimated retail costs on every product page. For example, a diamond ring that's easily over $500 at a traditional retailer is less than 200 at a majority, but not because they're cutting corners. Check them out on Instagram or sign up to see their latest weekly drop. This week, they're featuring the 360 necklace and bracelet. I got a gorgeous diamond necklace in yellow gold. I love that it really adds a shine to the rest of my outfit, but it's subtle and not over the, Top, so I really can wear it even for casual moments. Plus, it has a really simple design, so I can wear it with other jewelry if I want. Take advantage of their limited time, only sale all year, and treat yourself right now. Go to Majuri.com slash Dreamjob and get up to 20% off and free shipping on orders over $100. Spelled M E J U R I dot com slash Dreamjob. Majuri.com slash Dreamjob. Quip, makers of the Quip electric toothbrush, wants to know the one single discovery that matters most for your dental care. It is simply this, if you have good habits, you are good. That means brushing for two minutes twice a day and flossing regularly no matter what brand you use. Quip makes that simple, starting with an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and anti-cavity toothpaste. Their electric brush has sensitive sonic vibrations with a built-in timer and 30-second pulses for a full and even clean. They also have a cool floss dispenser that comes with pre-marked string to help you use just enough. Plus, Quip delivers fresh brush head, floss, and toothpaste refills to your door every three months with free shipping. Usually by the end of the day, I am so exhausted that I have no brain space to think about things like, how long should I be brushing my teeth? So I love that they take care of all of this for me and then they send me refills so I don't have to worry about running out of what I need. Join over 3 million healthy mouths and get Quip today starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash dream right now, you'll get your first refill for free. That's first refill free at getquip.com slash dream job spelled dot com slash dream job. Quip, the good habits company. So you're now in 19 Quiznos in Colorado, right? In Denver, yes. Yeah. Six, okay. Yep. You're also, uh, how many Whole Foods stores are you about to go into? So
1: on December 3rd, we're going to launch in the Southern Pacific region of all Whole Foods stores, which are 58 of them from mid to Southern California, all of the stores in Arizona and in Southern Nevada like Vegas. We're going to have a pre-made sandwich for 6.99. $6.99 with uh, rye bread and the unreal corned beef and some uh, Russian dressing and pickles. and it's, that's it's, really it's
0: so good. And then you also, because Mark owns the Dallas Mavericks, you got into the AAC center.
1: We're gonna, yeah. they their arena there in Dallas and uh, people I, are loving it. I'd actually reached out once before, just another beautiful cold call scenario where um, I figured out who does the food for the stadiums. It's this company, Levy's of Chicago. And of course, if we do gangbusters there, we can work with other groups. And then I I only recently learned that this Levy's of Chicago is underneath an even bigger company. What's the bigger company? They're called the Compass Group. And they they do all the food for Disney and schools and literally 240,000 outlets this Compass Group has. So Levy's is just one of like a ton of their different groups there crazy.
0: And on that note, I want to dial that back because that is such a good point. I remember you and Eric went to a concert and you said, oh, it was so cool on the way back. You know, we had all these ideas. We kept asking ourselves the question, where are their mouths to feed? You could sell it to a couple local delis, which would be great. Yep. We're also their mouths to feed. Oh, well, there's like all the corporate stuff around CBS, Arclight Cinemas. Then there'd be like Dodger Stadium. What about airlines? They, they're serving food to people. And I was just like, you guys, you got it. Like, this is it. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Well, I mean, for us, you know, it was almost like you could have a, uh, a Venn diagram of like there's deli folks mouths to feed and then there's like vegetarian inclined folks. And there are some places where those guys overlap and there are some places where they're separate. And, and then it's like, well, where are they? Where do they want to eat? What are they willing to pay for it? And yeah, you know, we just had the audacity to dream big. And this is not any something that happens every day. Usually we're sitting with babies spit up and we're like, oh no, I have to send the email and FedEx didn't send out the package. And that's 90% of the time. But every, now and then we'll say, what's like the next frontier? It was such a beautiful night. We're like literally dreaming up, typing in our notes, like the subways of the world, the stadiums, prisons, schools, and the the list didn't really stop.
0: And it's amazing. And I want to bring it home to where you are right now for the audience who's listening, because if you don't live in Colorado, or if you're not going into a Whole Foods in this region, you can get your hands on this. Tell them what you've created um, so that people can just buy your product. How does it work?
1: Okay, so we designed this whole Shopify system that's like the most easy e-commerce setup. We have our product that's now at this cold warehouse whereby... When orders come in from our website at unreal we can ship everywhere in the United States, including Puerto Rico and Hawaii and Alaska.
0: And this is for individuals, right? Like people who are listening right now, if they wanted to buy some and they wanted to try it, they would go to unreal which we'll put in the show notes and they could buy a, a, as many pounds of it as they want yeah. and they can come yeah. to their house.
1: Exactly. So the one pound pack uh, is a little pricey because there's a lot of freight involved. But then by the time like it's like getting a few pounds, it's, there's free shipping and it's, uh, oh, awesome. it's like 15 bucks a pound once you get it like in a little bit more quantity. Yeah. And then we also are now shipping for wholesale purposes. So we have some delis, like a deli reached out to me in Michigan a, a couple of weeks ago and said, great, we'll ship you out of box, what have you. They ran out of 45 pounds in two days and had to reorder. That's so amazing. This is a I'd never even heard amazing. of, veg-friendly city that you would think is going to be at the front of this. And you guys, it is because
0: this corned beef is the kind of corned beef that people who aren't vegan think is real corned beef. That's why. I mean, it's so good. And the calorie count, I remember them being pretty impressed with that on Shark Tank. The calorie count's pretty low.
1: Yeah, the numbers are really amazing. In this, uh, there are 100 calories in a two ounce serving. There are 14 grams of protein in a two ounce serving. It's super That's a lot, fat yeah. Nitrates. It's like it's it's a really lean food. It's a it's a plant food, and you know, it's incredible that we can now create foods from the plant system that can kind of mimic the the foods that we know and are familiar with. And so, uh, I'm so happy to be on this frontier with my own cultural rendition.
0: It's amazing, and I remember something you said to me when you left the audition but you called me and you said it's so amazing it's like when something is meant to be yours the door just swings right open what did you mean by that
1: there's this famous ancient mystical parable about uh a king who tells his people one day you can come into the castle and you can take whatever you want. And most people they come in and they're on the ground floor and there's a beautiful feast and they eat to their heart's delight and they drink and then they think that's all there is. They've eaten, they drank. But then some people will go to the second floor and they'll see that there are jewels that they can take. And then they take those jewels and they go home. But then some people will go up to the third floor and they realize there's even more to come. And then the fourth floor where you can actually sit with the king. And so so many of us go through this world, and I did for so long, and I still do to some extent, where I say, oh, great, it's just the snacks. Take the snacks from the green room, and you're out of here. That's all you need. But, but if you sit, and you do the work, and you push hard at what you're really, like, sort of what, what you figure out that you're actually, like, meant to do, and you plug away at that, the universe is conspiring with you just as you say to make it easy. You know, I always thought that, like, getting on a show like this, having a business like this, getting a deal with a Mark Cuban of the world would have been the heaviest lock, the hardest thing to possibly penetrate. But, but when you're like, aligns, it actually really flows. And I know it sounds easy to come from this place. One year ago, I was sitting with you, Kathy, in your living room. We were saying, I know I have this corned beef that I really like. Should we open up a food truck? Should I open up a brick and mortar deli? I don't have any money. How am I going to do any of that? It's like, no, 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 no. One step at a time. Just be gritty. Make phone calls. Get out there. Get yourself out of the way. Don't care if you get rejected. And that's what got us here.
0: It's just such an incredible story. And I think that some of you listening on many levels, it's even more inspiring than some of the people who've come on, who are like already in this place where they're, it seems untouchable, you know, to hear Jenny's story, where this all happened within the last calendar year, it's within reach. Like you could take these steps. This is not, you know, something that's happened over 30 years of knowing the right people and grinding it out. This is just, it's so extraordinary. Thank you. You know today is thanksgiving i'm just curious, like I think a lot of us um, walk around and there's, there's so much suffering in the world and, and people tend to feel worse rather than better and it 's so easy to get down and so I want you to share how you look at that
1: yeah well, one of the things that you know i 've learned in, in my in my spiritual quest is that this world is a world of duality and also brokenness and also suffering for the point of us being able to fix it. Uh, Ancient stories go back suggesting that the world was actually initially built where everything was sort of fulfilled, that like everything was already flowing and good and we all had our dream jobs already, you know, mastered. and, And yet we weren't happy with that because we were not able to give as much as we, we there, there was no lack and so there was no giving and so because of the brokenness this helps us with uh, with our mission in this world and gives us the pleasure of getting the job done that we wouldn't otherwise have. It's almost like uh, if your kid is sitting playing with Legos and you say, I'll build it for you. It's all good. It's like, no, no, no. Not no. fun. Yeah. Not fun. Not fun. And so the same thing is happening in like a heavenly perspective whereby people are sitting on the street hungry and it's like, God, the universe, anything could go ahead and sweep that guy into the lottery or what have you. But no, no, it's your job to to lend a smile. Actually, the Talmud says the the minimum thing you need to give to that person on the corner is a smile. And so if you can give a dollar and a smile, even better. But, But the point is that we're all dealing with some level of a fractured brokenness. We're all dealing with some level of being incomplete, but it's built into the world for a very important reason so that we can give and that we can give to each other. I like this idea that, uh, Whatever you need, someone else has it. Whenever, whatever someone else needs, you may be able to give it. So there's this kind of like a interlocking system built into this world.
0: Yeah, it's so beautiful. And, and you shared that with me the other day when I was feeling so down, which was such a big realization for me to be reminded. You were like, Calf, this is a world where there's a lot of suffering. You know that. That's the stage. And that's why we are needed. And that's another Jewish teaching is that the world was sort of like this beautiful glass shattered into lots of pieces and and God asked for us to come here to be a partner and to do our part and that everyone is needed in that rebuilding. Yes. You also said to me, look, you could get super sad. You could get to a point where you're focusing on all the, all the hard stuff and all the bitterness that you don't even want to get out of bed. But that's not the most productive use of you in this world. And I'm bringing that back to you because I remember when you were first watching these videos of animal cruelty, yeah. you would literally sit and cry. Yeah. So what did you say to me? You said, but you can't stay in that place. Why is that not the way to be? And how do we then flip it in order to then serve the world?
1: Yeah. So I do think there is an aspect to all of this entrepreneurial passion whereby you have to figure out what is broken in the world. And like we said, there's a big default of the world that's naturally broken, but there are also certain segments of you know, commerce and things out there that are that are broken that need fulfilling. And so because I sat in this dark space for quite a bit, seeing all these videos, was I able to say like this is so messed up and how can I possibly, you know, make this little piece a little bit better. But nonetheless, we learn in Judaism that it is a great mitzvah to be happy. That if you're not happy, it's very hard to be giving and sharing and loving on the world. If you're coming from this kind of place of a deficit, which is sort of a little bit of our default, but if we're able to come out of that and find a little bit of a brighter picture and how can we do that, So another teaching suggests that if we find one little ray of goodness in either the person or the situation, and you focus on that, it does a couple of things. The first thing it does is it literally makes you happy, because it gives you these rose-colored glasses through which to look at the world. And it also communicates to the other person that you see them. You see them, you see good in them. I was at a, a dinner... Several years back, and this woman walked in, she like smelled really strong of cigarettes, and she was saying all these things that were like a little bit out of turn and I, I remembered this teaching, and I was looking at her, and I said to myself, "This lady like came, she wanted to be around other people, she could be home like you know crying in her beer, and, and she's here, and she's trying to like connect and whatever I could say to myself, the next thing, the woman looked up at me and goes, "You are so beautiful and i was thinking you know I go." This lady was not giving out compliments. <laughs> I was not looking my best. Like none of these things were true. And, and yet it, it transformed how she felt and how I felt. And, and most importantly, how you feel, how you look at the world. Because when you look at the world this way, you're the first beneficiary of this. So That's amazing to know that, you know, that we can like find a little ray of goodness, a little sparkle in there. And, uh, and if we focus on that, then it can transform the whole picture.
0: It's so, so beautiful. And it's so good because, you know, I want you guys to know that when Jenny was starting this journey and watching these videos, which made her feel so sad. And she was like, I'm going to become vegan. The truth is though, that this whole business came from the pain that you wanted to help fix. You wanted to help these animal friends and you wanted to help also the environment. So it comes from this really deep pain, this really big place of empathy, but yeah. how was she ultimately able to help because you were able to get out of bed and to put a smile on your face and to, and to find the joy so that you could, you could get busy and be productive. Yeah. And I want you to tell them as we're closing, cause it's such a beautiful thing to end with. Tell them what you've always said to me about what it's like when you put a candle in the sun.
1: So it almost goes back to the same idea that if the world was all fulfilled and everyone was happy, that there wouldn't be any work to do. And we would feel a little bit cheated, like the Lego set's already built. Thanks a lot. And so it uh, goes for, um, for this idea that this world is a dark place. But if, it, if everything was just bright and beautiful you couldn't be able to affect things because if you lit a candle in the noonday sun, there's nothing to see really. You don't see the candle, it doesn't affect the room. But on this kind of dark stage where everyone is lacking something, where we all need something from someone else, a little candle can light up an entire room, a little tiny tea candle. And so the same goes for our souls, For each and every one of us, like no matter how young, old, you know, insufficient we may think we are, you know, unclear we are on our dreams, we have something to offer in this moment in time or else we wouldn't be here. And it's a very important thing that we really should try and figure out. But even if we haven't figured it out to the nth degree, the point is that just a little bit of goodness injects a lot of light into an otherwise dark
0: place. Yeah, Yeah, it's so beautiful. Thank you so much, Jenny. Thanks for being here. And tell us where we can find you.
1: Thank you for being my best friend, Kathy Heller. And thank you all for listening. <laughs> yeah, you can find me on all of the interwebs at unrealdeli.com, at Mrs. Goldfarb's Unreal Deli on Facebook, on, you know, all the places, all the Facebook, Instagram, she's there Facebook. everywhere. All right, yeah, thank you so much.
0: We're going to put all the links in the show notes and you guys are going to go check it out and get more of our Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. What a story, right? Okay, so here are the takeaways. Number one, you don't need the entire roadmap in front of you. You just need to know where you're going next. Number two, ask yourself, who's my audience? Where are they? What are they willing to pay? Number three, some of us just take the snacks on the first floor, but when you do the work and push hard at what you're meant to do, the universe conspires with you to make it easy. Number four, This world is a world of duality, brokenness, and suffering so that we can fix it. Number five, we have something to offer in this moment in time or else we wouldn't be here. And number six, just a little ray of goodness injects a lot of light into an otherwise dark place. All right, let's talk about your wins. Last week, Evangelina posted in the Facebook group and she said, I signed the lease today for my first ever bake shop. I'm so excited. Hashtag win. Evangelina, that is just incredible. I saw you post that and I was like commenting back, I love this. And I do love this. I love how this all happened to align with this week's episode because Evangelina's business is all about yummy vegan desserts and cakes and cupcakes and cookies and pies just more delicious goodness. I'd love to know how this goes. Please, please keep us posted. You guys can go check out her vegan desserts at evangelinas.com. And if you want to support her bake shop, she's doing an Indiegogo to cover some of the startup costs. Go follow her on Instagram at EvangelinasVeganDesserts and you can find a link to her Indiegogo in her bio. Okay, the next win, Jared said, because of this podcast, I was able to leave my day job two years ago and start a very successful design company. And now I've got to check another box off my list. I've always wanted to illustrate a children's book. And now I have. I present to you Mr. Bone. Thanks for inspiring me, Kathy. Jared, you are such a rock star. I love how you're exploring all these different passions and not just boxing yourself into this one thing of I can only be this kind of designer. I mean, look at this. Look at what you've done. Look at what happens when you give yourself permission to do things and try the next thing. I just can't wait to see all the awesome things that you're going to make. You guys go check out all of his illustrations and designs. His Instagram is at that Jared Depug, D-E-P-U-G-H. If you have a win and you want to let us know, you can post it in our Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group, or you can DM me on Instagram at kathy.heller. Kathy's with a C. We have so many incredible guests coming up. So if for some reason you're not yet subscribed, Come on now. Come on and subscribe. Follow the show wherever you listen. It would mean the world if you left a review. If you guys have the audiobook already, please leave us a review because it helps other people find that book. And I've been getting so many DMs from people saying, I'm so glad I just found this audiobook. It's been changing my life. I was crying listening to chapter three. So you might actually be helping some other people by leaving a review, whether it's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever you bought the book. And let us not forget that you can get your free audiobook when you go to audible.com slash So go get it. Go get it. It's free. You're going to enjoy it. It's like a very special six-hour episode of this podcast, and I'd love to know what you guys think. Also, one more Black Friday situation for you is that I'm doing a retreat mid-January, and we have about four spots left. It is one of my very most favorite things that I get to do is spend two and a half days with a very small group of you. And, uh, right now this retreat is for women only, but in the future we'll be holding some events that are absolutely co-ed. But this retreat has four spots left. And if you want to get a thousand dollars off on the retreat, you just have to buy a few books. So you can go ahead and DM me if you want more information and we can let you know how to make sure that you are at this retreat, which is going to be at my home. We spend a whole first day doing some of the breakthrough work on really figuring out what you want to do, how to really align with your sense of purpose, your mission in this world, because you were built to serve. And the second day is giving you a roadmap to how to build that business so that you can make sure that you can actually get that mission out to millions and make millions doing the thing that you love. So it's a pretty chock full awesome two and a half day retreat. If you want to be there, DM me um, before the weekend is out and you can get a thousand dollars off for just buying a few books for some friends for the holidays. If you thought Jenny's story was inspiring or you love any other episode, then please share it with somebody because it just might fire them up as much as it has you. Thank you so much for listening. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you Monday.